Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. There are times where you really want to make a good first impression, right? Uh, Maybe you think back to a job interview that you had or maybe a first date and you think you wanted to look impressive in that moment. And those might be just a couple examples where that's probably the right way to think. But I want us to step back this morning and think about what really is impressive and what should we guard against in our own hearts about trying to come across as impressive ourselves. And so we're going to see that as we jump in and finish up the chapter 12 of Mark. Mark 12, 35 through 44. And as we read this, we're going to see a couple quick different things here as it wraps up this day where Jesus has been being asked all these different questions, several of which clearly were not asked in good faith. They were asked as a means to try to entrap Jesus. But now we're going to see the tables turn a little bit and Jesus starts asking a question. And we see that starting in verse 35, it says, and as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, how can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself in the Holy Spirit declared, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemy, until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. So David is going back to the Psalms here and saying, how can David say to God, uh, you know, the, the father, the Lord said to my Lord, which is clearly he's saying, everybody agrees. He's, he's talking about the Messiah here. So how can the Messiah just be the son of David, if David is calling this Messiah, if David is calling his son the Lord, doesn't he have to be more than the son of David? Doesn't he also have to be the son of God? And that's the point that Jesus is trying to get across here to these uh, rather obtuse religious leaders who want to miss what's right in front of their face because they don't like Jesus and they don't want to give up their authority. But Jesus makes this point very clearly here. And we want to step back and say, okay, that is impressive. Jesus is impressive. Jesus is the son of David, but more than that, he is the son of God. He is the Messiah. And I think this is another passage that really uh, should lead us to believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. And I hope that's something, it's been on my mind so much preaching through the gospel of John, but I hope reading through the gospels and reading through the scriptures, reading through the New Testament, one thing you see as we go through the Bible is how clearly taught the deity of Christ is, right? We want to think, you know, you've been taught, you know, oh, Jesus is fully God and fully man, Uh, probably if you've grown up in the church since you were young. 
But is that something you believe by tradition or is that something you believe by conviction? Do you believe Jesus is fully God and fully man because that's what you heard in Sunday school? Or do you believe it because you are convinced that is what the Bible clearly teaches? And I hope one thing that you see as we read through the Bible is that it's not just, you know, oh, there's a couple verses that kind of make us think that Jesus is fully God. No, it's all over the place. And this is just another passage that should cause us to think that. But I want us to see, hey, Jesus is truly impressive. But then he starts talking about the religious leaders and the religious leaders. Well, they are people who tried to come across as really impressive. Look at what he says to them in verse 38. And in his teaching, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And so he starts talking about the religious leaders and they want to be seen as impressive with their long robes and the best seats. And, um, you know, in other places he elaborates on this, but the long prayers that they would make and all of these things, that that was one of their goals. But we see Jesus is saying that is not what it's all about. And so we have to kind of come and ask ourselves the question, are we too impressed with ourselves? I want you to think about that a little bit today. Do you kind of look at yourself and say, you know what? I'm all right. And you start to think of all the good things that you've done. And maybe you even start to think about the honor that you feel you deserve, right? We need to watch out for that way of thinking. It might creep in subtly at first, but you start feeding that and you'll turn into a full-blown Pharisee. Someone that is more impressed with yourself than you are with Jesus Christ. And that is never where we want to be. We want to always remember, I'm bringing nothing to the table. All that I have is Christ. And even the good things that I do, hey, I can look at that and say, yet not I, but Christ in me. Are you more impressed with yourself today or are you more impressed with Christ? And what we should seek in this life is not to impress others with our spiritual prowess, but simply to serve the one who is impressive, the son of David, yet also the son of God, Jesus Christ. And how can you know if you're doing that or not? Well, one example here is then the effect. It talks there about uh, the scribes devouring widows' houses. And then it gives an example of that with this widow's offering, right? Because of their oppressive system, I think part of which, you know, she's given the last of what she has. But also we know there's a lesson in this passage of wait, what she gave was greater because she gave all that she had while these other rich people are giving out of their abundance. So maybe one way to check your heart and saying, well, am I thinking too much of myself or am I trying to be seen as impressive is, well, what about the habits of just faithful generosity in your life, sacrificial giving that nobody else knows about, right? That's one way to check our hearts is our giving, you know, a lot to make a show, but hey, we're doing it to be seen and it's all out of excess. So it's not really costing us anything. Or is it just the quiet, faithful, sacrificial giving that we see modeled by the widow here? So 
A lot for us to really chew on and digest from there in Mark, but that idea of who's really impressive and are you trying to be impressive is going to continue on, right? And we need to see that, hey, it might be a good idea to try to make that uh, good first impression, the next job interview you have. Um, Trying to be impressive, especially in the context of a church, that is not going to lead to healthy things. And that really brings us to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. As today we read verses 12 through 25. And even as we read this passage, there's a lot of talk here about tongues. And sometimes we can just jump from this passage and really start to get into the weeds about, well, what's tongues and what it's it about? And are people still speaking in tongues today and trying to get into all of those things? And I think if that's all that we do, uh, we'll miss some important lessons that will apply to so many things in the Christian life. Because I think one of the problems here is not just how the Corinthians were thinking about tongues, but how they were thinking about life and how they were thinking about spiritual gifts in general. And I think one of their problems is they wanted to be impressive and they wanted to speak in tongues because they thought, whoa, that man, you are hot stuff if you can speak in tongues. And Paul is trying to slow them down and he warns them in verse 20, brothers, Do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. He says, hey, Corinthians, grow up. Grow up, guys. Stop thinking just about yourselves. Stop just trying to be impressive and have every, you know, hey, everybody, look at me. Look what I can do. That's a childish way to think, right? And so, again, Tongues might not be the front burner issue in your church, but are there ways that you are tempted spiritually or in the context of your local church to basically say, hey guys, look at me, look what I can do. That's not what it's about. And then that gets into one of the criticisms I think that Paul makes about tongues and how they understood tongues and saying, hey guys, if there's no interpreter, it's not going to help anybody if you're doing this. And this isn't a sign, as he goes on to say, for believers, but for unbelievers, because it is a miraculous sign to show that God is really working here, not just something to show that you're really spiritually cool, right? And that's something that will apply to many ways that we need to guard ourselves against as we think through life. Well, now let's go to the Old Testament, to 2 Samuel 17 and 18. And here we're going to see the tragic end of a man who thought he was impressive. And even it seems from what we read in the scripture, physically, he was an impressive man. He was a handsome man, had this full head of hair. But even that, one of his physically impressive attributes ends up being something that contributes to his downfall. And so we read the end of the story of Absalom here in chapters 17 and 18 of 2 Samuel. And it starts, and even notice how God is the one orchestrating everything. It begins with Ahithophel, who hated David. This was Bathsheba's grandfather, who still clearly had not forgiven him. Uh, And he is giving counsel, hey, Absalom, you need to go now. Go kill David right now. Uh, But then Hushai, who's kind of undercover as David's friend, uh, trying to help David, he gives different counsel. And while I think... You could look at the language and say, Hushai actually gave a very compelling, uh, used a lot of metaphors and painted a picture for Absalom. It says very clearly it was God's will that Absalom was going to listen to Hushai instead of Ahithophel. And so God was working in all of this 
to save David. And then in chapter 18, when it actually comes to battle between Absalom's forces and David's forces, right? I mean, Absalom just so happens to get caught up in a tree. It just so happened? I don't think so. I think God clearly was at work here. And Absalom, even with one of the things that was physically impressive, right? That's one of the things that leads to his downfall. And he dies in chapter 18. Now we see he dies against his father's will. And it's another thing we see where where Joab, again, proves to be a man of violence, even at times I would say unnecessary violence. Um, And we're going to see what that leads to in Joab's life. But we really see the tragic end of the story of Absalom, a man who thought he was impressive, a man who thought he deserved to be king, and a man who ended up humiliated and destroyed and dead. And so may that be a a parable to us and a warning to us about the dangers, really, of uh, thinking we are so impressive. And and even David, he, he can't give himself credit for this victory. Clearly, God was at work to protect him. So may we be less impressed with ourselves and more impressed with our God and our Savior. Finally, we finish up Psalm 68 today. So we look at verses 28 through 35. And as we think about this, we come to the end of a psalm that's all about deliverance. And here we see more prayers for deliverance. In, in 28 through 31, you know, he's saying, rebuke the beasts that dwell among the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples, trample underfoot those who lust after tribute, scatter the peoples who delight in war, right? He, he's uh, saying, hey, God, deliver us from evil people. But then notice that he prays these prayers of deliverance because he has such a high view of God. O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God, sing praises to the Lord, to him who rides in the heavens, the ancient heavens. Behold, he sends out his voice, his mighty voice, ascribe power to God whose majesty is over Israel and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. Basically, the end there, praise God. He is awesome. He is impressive. And he is the one that gives to us basically anything that we have. So may we be more impressed with God today and less impressed with ourselves. And may we look to him for deliverance in any way that we need it. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.